Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, you fabulous designer, you. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 140. It's Kimberly. I'm back from holidays, and wow, what an incredible experience to be able to visit such beautiful, beautiful places. We focused our three-week holiday on Colombia and Ecuador, ending with the Galapagos, and I can't tell you how renewed and rejuvenated and ready to go back to work I am after such an exhilarating holiday holiday. It looks like everything was running smoothly while I was away, which was wonderful. I've now reconnected with all of my clients to let them know I'm back on firm ground and ready to continue with work. And of course, I've reconnected with Cheryl, who had everything running perfectly smoothly and has now given me a big stack of questionnaires that have been returned from some of the people who signed up for the conference. So that's been kind of fun to go through. Questionnaires from the US, Australia, Canada. We've got uh, those three countries represented at the conference so far. Exciting stuff. In this episode, you're going to meet a wonderful person named Sakina Kawaja, and Sakina has taken a circuitous route, to say the least, to get to her career, which currently includes an online platform as an interior design professional and some of her own project work. During our conversation, we talked about the power of eliminating those tasks you don't want to do anymore in order to bring yourself more joy and to free up time for doing the meaningful work you need to do as an entrepreneur. We also talked about the fact that outsourcing done well is actually a profit generator, not a profit drain. That's important to think about. And I will also say after listening to the episode again, that trial and error is way more painful than listening to the advice of somebody who's already walked the path. One of the most important revelations during the episode is the realization that doing something for free is never free. It costs your most valuable resource, which is time, at a minimum, but it also has real hard costs as well. Before we jump into the show, I want to say thank you so much to Build Lane for sponsoring Business of Design. And while I was away on holidays, I received an email from a lovely interior design professional and Business of Design member, Elizabeth Ryan. Let me tell you what Elizabeth says about working with BuildLane. Team BOD, thank you so much for recommending BuildLane on your show. We completed an installation yesterday with a pair of custom chairs that turned out absolutely perfect. It was not only nice to get a great looking custom product into a home, but how wonderful to feel so confident through the entire process that the result was going to be exactly as we planned. Heather even caught a little detail we missed and made sure to clarify before they left the factory floor. Again, thanks for sharing great info with the design community, Elizabeth Ryan. So Elizabeth, that's so sweet of you to take time and send us that note. You guys know we've been very 
picky about allowing anyone to sponsor Business of Design podcast, and your feedback about BuildLane has been consistent with my own experience of working with BuildLane, and I can't say enough nice things about them. You will be able to meet BuildLane at Business of Design Conference January 25th and 26th. Frank and Heather are going to share an extremely important and valuable document with all of us, and it will become a new checklist for Business of Design. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that information at the conference. In the meantime, if you haven't tried Build Lane yet, that was such a great opportunity for you to do that because with your very first order, you can save $250. It couldn't be easier. Sign up for a free account at Build Lane. You can go to buildlane.com backslash B-O-D or go to businessofdesign.com, click on the Build Lane ad, and it will take you to the same place. We're looking forward to hearing your feedback about working with Build Lane. And now back to the show. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Sakina, thank you so much for taking time to do this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for having me. I was intrigued with the conversation you put forward because you said in your email to us that you have shifted your career three to five times, which seems... Not excessive, because for sure people are shifting careers today, but that does seem like the higher end of shifting gears, is it not? What do you think? Yes, that's true, actually. When people are changing careers, it's within the same industry. They're either going up the ladder or they're they're trying out different things within the same firm or similar industries. Um, but I've jumped around and I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Well, take us on a journey then. Tell us where you started. Tell us what you jumped to and where you've landed now. Okay, perfect. Let's go a little bit back into history. When I was in university, um, you know, I I come from a South Asian background. So most parents, um, I mean, I'm kind of typecasting here, but they want the kids to become doctors or engineers or lawyers or, you know, have your own business. Um, But I wanted to do something creative. So I I applied to the visual arts program at Ottawa U and I got in, which was great. And I had a fantastic time studying art, um, learning about all the great artists of the world and getting to apply that knowledge to, um, you know, art labs and sculpture and painting and photography. But then by third year, uh, my dad's words started ringing in my ear that, how am I going to make money? <laughs> so yeah. that's... Uh, Turns out parents know something sometimes, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I ended up in Paris, France. 
So I decided to take a little bit of a shift and um, go to Europe, which was great. And I did a program um, in partnership with the City University there uh, in uh, fashion marketing and merchandising. Not so. Not interior design right away. It was initially fashion. No, not not interior design right away. I mean, I always had um, an interest in it, especially because of my mom. You know, she uh, just was very naturally uh, decored the, our house very beautifully and had a very um, good taste palette. So I was drawn to it, but not there yet. So I went into fashion, and I think that's where I completely started realizing that, that I wanted to be creative, um, but I had the ability to combine it with my marketing skills um, and apply that um, through different internships and different opportunities that came across to me while I was there. So when I got back to Canada, I, I worked at um, Ottawa Life magazine, which is like Toronto Life. I had a great experience there, learned all the industry uh knacks about um, magazines and publishing. Um, and then I worked in talent management. And I'm assuming you're young. So you're just trying all these things. And you obviously felt like, despite your father's words, that you had permission to go out and just try all the things and figure it out. Was there ever a moment where you thought, I'm more confused now than ever because I've added all these new skills? So when you work a lot of different types of jobs when you're younger, you start figuring out what you don't like. And I was able to learn on the job. And one of the skills of that is that because I had a creative background and because I had those marketing business skills, I was able to work in small business environments where you do have to wear a lot of hats. So you are taking phone calls, you are booking appointments, you are hiring and firing, you are training. And th those experiences become very valuable for you as you grow your career. I think a lot of interior design professionals listening will relate to that being forced in a way to wear the various hats. But you said something at, a little bit earlier about the power of elimination. And I wonder for how many people listening, are they doing tasks that they truly despise doing? And I'm thinking of bookkeeping, paperwork, purchase orders, quote requests. I meet so many designers who say, well, I have to do it. I don't have a choice. And I would say you actually do have a choice, but you must be able to name the thing that needs to be eliminated, right? Is that part of the power of elimination to be able to name it? Yes, exactly. And I think acknowledging the fact that, you know, um, we grow up in a culture where you're celebrated for being able to do it all on your own as moms or as, uh, you know, working professionals or as business owners, even at your job, if you're working for a company, you just have to be able to do it all. And that that, you know, in the beginning, maybe you might have the stamina or energy or the, you know, the grit to do it, but eventually it will catch up with you. It'll show in the numbers of the revenue you're generating. It'll show on your health. It'll show in different things. So you have to be able to eliminate what things you can outsource and what things you don't want to do. Because I had been grooming myself for entrepreneurship with all these experiences and always taking the best out of every job that I would do, that I was ready to take that that you know leap of faith. But when you go into any business, um, whether it's interior design or anything, you know you you have to learn through trial and error. Do you 
do you really have to learn by trial and error? I wonder. Certainly that's how I did, but I am hoping this community listening will trust me and will skip a lot of the trial and error and just follow the processes that we have for you at Business of Design. I do I do know beyond the shadow of a doubt, the systems and strategies work not just for myself, but for lots and lots of other interior design professionals. So trial and error can be illuminating. It can be painful. It can be slow. Um, I do think sometimes there is a better way. But let's tell everybody where you've landed now. FWLux.com. So we're an online uh, lifestyle publication where we do curated editorials on food, travel, fashion, beauty, and interior design. And the major um, arm that we developed over the 10 years of of running this, a a real estate arm, because we noticed about a couple of years into the business that our home sections analytics were very strong. A lot of our viewers that would come to the website would hang out in the home section. They would love reading the articles that we would do to cover designers or home decor or tips on how to update your house for the holidays. Um, Those were always more popular. So that's where my interest started growing into interior design. Um, I had recently bought a home and I had uh, gutted it down to the bones. So I had physically worked on the renovation myself. I've you know, installed hardwood and painted walls and, you know, put in tiles. So that's where I started really growing the love for it. And I would feel the same high that I would feel when I was painting or, you know, when I was taking um, photographs. So I felt a, um, a direct link to interior design. So I decided, okay, if I'm gonna develop a part of my business um, into decor and interior design services, I'm gonna be qualified for it. So I went ahead and I remember I was um, pregnant with my third child and I finished my interior design diploma. Uh, it took a year and um, I felt like I was now equipped with the technical training as well as the business experience to be able able to open a branch within the business that focused on interior design and to be able to go into people's homes and qualify myself to, to give them the right advice of what their home should look like. What do you think you eliminated to get to where you are now and did you miss it when you let it go? So one of the things that that I am eliminated um, is definitely a lot of the content that was coming into the publication was being edited by myself, was being hand-selected. I was attending all the meetings. I was meeting all the clients, whether we were doing, um, you know, a brand promotion, an interview. I was the main person running the whole ship. Um, So I started eliminating the responsibility of some of the content that we were creating by hiring staff. And I started outsourcing a lot of the skills because remember, I come from a creative background. I already knew graphic design. I knew how to work in Adobe. So when you started taking all that and trying to run this entire business, things started getting out of control. It's too much for one or two people. Yeah, it's the entrepreneurial trap, right? It's the e-myth philosophy of if you're an entrepreneur and you can do the thing you're trying to sell, you'll never be able to take time to work on the business because you'll be so busy doing every menial task, right? You'll never be able to be strategic. 
Exactly. I remember years ago, this is like 10, 12 years ago, I was speaking to um, a relative and, you know, he had a very successful business and he was much senior to me in age. Um, But he said to me, you know, he's like, oh, you know, how much did it cost you to get this done? And I'm like, oh, it cost me zero dollars because I did it myself. (laughs) But it wasn't really zero dollars because it was my time, my energy, my resources. And, um, you know, I ended up, yeah, I saved cash money, but I lost time resource, which is a one of my largest um, resources right now that I don't like to share too much is my time. Right. And Um, then there's the opportunity cost. You might have been doing something that was profitable instead of doing all those things that you did for free. So it actually costs you money to do a free thing. (laughs) Exactly. And then, you know, and the other thing that I did was I love to draw. So I can draw the whole floor floor plan for you by hand. But if you ask me to go into AutoCAD or SketchUp, that is not my forte. I have no interest in learning it to that capacity right now. I understand how to read it. I understand the technicality of it. But I hire people that are very good at that and that enjoy that work and they love it and they create all my visions into digital format. Um, And then they tell me how to make it more efficient. What are better ways to fix it, right? So um, I'm okay with that. And and um, at the end of the day, you know, it's a group effort. And this translates for the design professionals listening because you can outsource these things and turn them into profit centers at the same time, right? You can hire someone who's great at AutoCAD and you pay them 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever you pay them, and then you bill that out to the clients at a higher rate. So it doesn't even have to be a drain on income, but rather a profit center. Exactly. And and realizing that it's a profit center is what entrepreneurs should be looking at because they usually look at any cost that comes to do with the job as, you know, an expense, but it really isn't. Business of Design's conference is coming up January 25th and 26th at Las Vegas. If you haven't yet signed up, we encourage you to do so quickly. We are getting to a limited number of spots available, and I am receiving great feedback, questions, challenges from those who have already signed up. I want to specifically highlight a few of the questions that have come up on the questionnaires. One of them from a Business of Design member named Kim. She has a question about transitioning from hourly to flat fees. And so I do want to announce that we are having one of my coaches, Shannon Lee from Win Without Pitching. She's going to be speaking at the conference specifically on value-based fees and how we can stand more confidently in the fees we quote to our clients. It will be an intensive couple of hours of instruction that Shannon and I will be doing on value-based or flat fees. So Kim, we're going to definitely tackle your question. Colleen has a question about hiring staff and, of course, must have listened to the episode with Isun Cook, who's going to be talking about hiring, firing, and performance reviews. Colleen is specifically looking to hire a person who will be taking on some of the tasks she'd rather not do herself and needs help in terms of structuring that relationship. So we will definitely be talking about that at the conference. Paula says she's also struggling with staff because everybody wants to be the boss. And it ends up being confusing, right, when more than one person has the responsibility on a project. It's all too easy for everyone to think somebody else took care of it. So I know from personal experience that doesn't work. You do have to be ultra clear about how those relationships and how those boundaries will protect 
your office, and your interests, and will protect the client's interests as well. One of Dana's comments is really interesting to me. I'm not 100% sure what she means by this, but she says she is using Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, cafeteria style. I'm concerned that means she's picking and choosing those parts she likes and skipping some of them. And I have learned from experience from hundreds of other people telling me this as well, that sometimes that is a very dangerous proposition. You do want to implement everything in a seamless package, but Dana says in particular, she is chomping at the bits to get her hand on the operations manual. And I can tell you, we will be giving you a section of the operations manual at the conference. And those attending the conference will also have an opportunity to purchase the operations manual at a reduced rate. Cheryl will have details about that at the conference. Man, if you haven't signed up for this conference yet... I hope you will. January 25th, 26th in Las Vegas, I will be spending the next six weeks head down, crafting, sculpting, and fine-tuning the content at the conference. At the end of these two days, we want to hear nothing less than this was the best money you ever spent on your business. So everybody, please sign up. Space is limited. We'd love to have you. See you in Las Vegas. So I assume then that you didn't miss the things you let go of, but you found yourself with more time to be the strategic brains of the operation? Yes, because as I as I grew my skills in the business side of it, so I was more and more inclined towards interior design. Do you have a physical design business where you renovate and decorate people's homes? Yes. So uh, 2012, we launched FW Decor, which was um, part of the FW Lux Decor and Lifestyle brand. And I recently rebranded it like that because I wanted to make sure it's all cohesive. So with FW Lux, you have the website, which has content on it. Um, so it's, you know, a food review or beauty or travel, all that kind of fun stuff, very curated. And that matches our high-low because we identify with an affordable luxury brand. So that's the kind of content you'll find when you go on to FW Lux. Um, and then our decor side of the business focuses on renovations, you know, all the way it could be gut projects or design consultations where we're doing de- decoration for the client. And we've been working on that uh, since 2012. I've done estate homes, I've done small kitchen renos, and every time, you know, you learn more and more um, about. But what really stands out is the fact that uh, I'm an interior designer by trade, um, or interior decorator, I'm able to bring the client um, things that they may not be able to access themselves. You know, for example, designer discounts or the value of my taste or putting color palettes together. And with that part of the business, um, we have a whole other team of trades and people that we work with that have nothing to do with our online uh, publication, right? It's it's two different content. So I've added revenue streams um, into our business platform. And with uh, actually 2019 ending soon, we're going to be um, expanding on some digital work that we're going to be doing uh, for the design business because the market is changing so much. There's so much competition. So you kind of have to um, come up with creative ways to... Um, you know, build yourself out. More and more, I'm studying with different business coaches around the world. And 
the message that I'm getting hammered with over and over and over again is to narrow my focus, to eliminate the things that aren't working. Either they don't bring me joy or they don't bring profits or they don't build the brand. And, you know, forgive me, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, Sakina, but we're just having a conversation, two friends who don't know each other very well. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, And do you worry that you're overextended? It sounds like you've got a a tree with a lot of branches. No, I mean, you know, I mean, we didn't want to let go of our readership that was online. We didn't want to let go of our following that was built through our online content. And we had developed this beautiful interior design business that was doing very well. And so those are really the twofold focus. Now, how I build that interior design business, whether I'm physically going out and renovating homes or coming up with digital strategies of how to promote the business, go hand in hand. That's just part of the business. But there really is only two folds to the business. There's the online publication and the interior design. So that's where I focused in and I'll continue to focus in, but I will have diversified products within my interior design to make sure I can test and try and see what works. Because some of the traditional ways, you know, with giants like Wayfair out there, where they're just pumping out furniture next day at your door front, it's tough. It's tough for smaller businesses to make sure they can compete with those prices, quality, and be able to do that. Everybody's a designer now. Everybody's, you know, being able to design homes. The guy who's renovating basements, with all due respect, you know, he may not be qualified for that, but his experience makes him a designer, right? Right. I think the point is we're not going to be able to compete with Wayfair. I don't think it's possible for us to compete with Wayfair. And they, there are all these very big multi-million, perhaps multi-billion dollar funds that are backing all of these companies and they have taken over SEO. And there's no competing with that. You don't have pockets that are deep enough to compete with that. But there is still that magic of engagement, right? So I understand wanting to hang on to your original readers because they're obviously engaged with you and your FW brand. So that's a great thing. Have you taken time to analyze whether or not those readers bring profit to the brand and how they bring profit and where the biggest profit streams are? Yes. And and that brought me back to some of our um, analytics assessments that we did on our home section. Right. So we did feel that readers were enjoying content and, you know, reposting or or um, giving us comments on on all the other posts. But the home section is which it would translate into our call to action buttons. Right. If they wanted to book a consultation or they wanted to come in and talk about, you know, colors for their home, it would always translate from something they had read or seen in our home section. I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned testing a couple of times. Can you be very specific how you would test something online? Let's say you're an interior design professional listening and you want to promote your skills and your skills in decorating or renovating, whatever they are. How can you create a 
campaign of sorts online and then test it specifically? Yes. When you set a campaign, let's say you're working with, you know, Google ads and AdWords, they have a lot of options there. Some of them are automated. It's really good to go through some tutorials to be able to understand because it's a whole other world and it's quite time consuming. So what I usually do is I set, you know, three to five campaigns running at the same time that are similar in nature, but they have some keyword differences. And those keywords is how people search you. So I may rate write down interior designer Toronto or designer on a budget or affordable designer um, or designer offering discounts. There's so many different keywords and Google gives you those analytics to be able to see which keywords are doing better, which ones are more competitive. So you want to steer away from the ones that are being heavily used because you most probably won't show up for that because the ones, for example, if the keyword is interior designer Toronto, I can bet you that it's a very high costing keyword for you to be able to come up in that search term. So you may want to localize yourself. Are you focusing? And that's where the focus in comes in, right? Do you want to focus in in the Halton region, in the Peel region? Do you want to focus in into your city if you're in other parts of the world? Um, so where do you want to focus? Do you want to identify with a kitchen and bath designer? So when you set up these campaigns, you make the keywords a little bit different for all of them, and then you test and watch. And that's what I mean when I say test, 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 because you need to be able to give yourself time. You can set a smaller budget to them to be able to see which campaign is doing well. The campaign that's doing stronger, you just eliminate the rest and you start focusing in on that because you realize that, okay, this one is working well for my business. Isn't it funny too, sometimes when you figure out which one is doing the best, it's not the one that, it's never the one that I think is going to do the best. It's never the one that I think is the perfect one. It's always the one. I'm like, really? Really? More and more, I'm seeing that there is a real danger in relying on anything online to do the bulk of your advertising and marketing. It seems to me like in a really weird way, here we are in 2019 and going back to grassroots, meeting people face to face, telling them what you do, being an authentic human being that looks trustworthy may end up being the very best way you're going to get the next job. Yes, and that's something that you touched upon earlier where you were saying, you know, where you where you were mentioning that, you know, have I maybe spread myself a little thin in different areas? I do come back to the fact that Diversifying your your product line or your services is one thing within within your business identity. But you also have to remember that with interior design, there is always going to be that human connection. And how do you leverage that as an interior designer with giants out there that are pushing out furniture and everybody is wanting to design their own space? This is the key. The key is that when you network, you you don't only network to go around past your business cards. You're trying to build a community. If you think about it, majority of the time that we work with people, you know, whether you're hiring an accountant or a bookkeeper or anybody else, or you know, I mean a gardener, you'll be like, oh, well, somebody recommended this person. You all of a sudden feel more confident and comfortable in that decision because you know that somebody you know has tried that. Agreed. They've tried it. Exactly, right? That makes sense to me. And 
just so we're clear, we're not, I was, I'm never going to suggest you don't have a presence online because once you do that valuable face-to-face networking, the next thing that person's probably going to do is Google you. So you definitely want to have an easy to find presence, whatever that is. Um, Well, that's the thing, like even with business of design, like when I was searching out, you know, knowledge to build my own interior design information and knowledge and just business skills, you know, business of design comes up and, you know, that's how I learned more about you. And I know that you're, you know, a pioneer in this industry, but for sure, like your digital identity plays such a big role. Sakina, thank you so much. You know, we like to end every episode with design intervention. It does not have to be related to what we've already touched on, but I suspect with the breadth of experience you've had, you probably have some wide ranging uh, words of wisdom that you've gotten from all kinds of different places. So I'm curious to hear what you're going to say. Yes, I thought about this one um, for quite some time, and I wanted to make sure it's something that's attainable by everybody. It's important for me um, to convey that you should have a mentor. One of my uh, mentors is you, and you know this is <laughs> this is something that that's special to me because when I listen to all your podcasts, I mean, you know, when I'm driving to work, it's one of the religious activities that I do is I listen to a latest podcast. Um, so, what things have I learned from Kimberly? that I apply to my business in my life is, you know, like number one, always have systems in your business. And that's a tough one. I always (laughs) for sure. But it's such an important lesson because, you know, you just you you need to learn the concept of systems. I have four kids under the age of 12. So, you know, wow. Yeah. So running, running a business and being a homemaker and doing all the things and trying to be successful at all of them, I kind of have to leave a little bit of it up to faith, you know, just got to see what's going to happen. Such truth. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wow. Four kids under 12, that right there, that is a standing ovation. I, that sounds really hard. (laughs) No, thank you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But it is a lot of work. Well, I'll be curious to see how things evolve for you. I suspect there'll be some more career shifts. You're a bit of a renaissance woman. You want to try all the things. Um, so yeah, I think sh- I'm going to take I'm going to take some of this time to focus on building the interior design business more and more. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, all the kids are in school now, so I have more and more time to develop the business side of it. I remember that moment of like freedom. I was like, okay, let's do this, right? Now we're ready. Uh, It's a pretty, pretty heady, exciting time. So we're going to be rooting for you from the sidelines, Sakina. Everybody check out fwlux.com and you'll get a real feel for all the wonderful things this beautiful person is into. And thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for this. It's been a great experience. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.